Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno, Brad, and Nick. What it do? You are listening to the QTB podcast. I'm your host, Bruno. And with me, we got the brothers McMuffins. It's Nick. It's Brad. What it do? Oh, yeah. Welcome. Brad over I'm here. Ready. He's the uh, he's the egg McMuffin. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the sausage McGriddle. Can I be the McGriddle? Because I'm yeah. sweet too. Yeah. yeah, I like that. You know, I like that. I like that. I didn't. I wasn't sure I'd be a fan. I know yeah. Brad likes uh-huh. a good McGriddle. <laughs> yeah, I want to be the loaded breakfast sandwich from Jack in the Box. If I'm really being honest here, or I want to be a crunch wrap breakfast crunch wrap from Taco Ooh, Bell. Okay, mm, now the saying. breakfast crunch wrap does look legit. They Pete Davidson's commercial keeps coming out. And I'm like, I am ready for the bell. Bong. Oh man, I've been on that train for a few <laughs> years, man. You're missing out. It's incredible. It is. It is the. It's the best breakfast out there. I'm just saying. Yeah. That ad from Pete Davidson is like one of the most most downvoted ads in Reddit history because they pushed really? it so much. Yeah, they, they were running campaigns where like you would scroll through Reddit and like in between comments, Pete Davidson's, you know, frosted hair would pop up to tell you about the uh, the new breakfast uh, lineup at uh, at Taco Bell. And then you get to the next comment and then, oh, look, there's Pete Davidson again to tell you about uh the the amazing uh, crispy hash browns that are found inside the breakfast crunch wrap. So it's uh it was a whole thing. It's a thing. hash brown patty, Nick. It's a hash brown patty. I don't okay? care what it is because everybody it knows the, the Cinnabon delights are where it's at, okay? Because your boy may yeah. or may not yeah, have gotten You got to get the breakfast today. box. You get a crunch with breakfast, <laughs> crunch wrap yes. supreme, I two Cinnabon delights, and a, and a coffee for like five bucks. Oh, that's it. That's it. I mean, that's this what I'm talking about. This guy's all about the deals. Mr. Biggie Bag over here. You know, goes to Wendy's like, I'm going to get the Dave's biggie bag. And he's like, Brew, mm. what do you get? I'm like, I get a Dave's single with some chicken nuggies. What it do? They're not even nu- just the nuggets. That's what they call them. They're just, they're just nuggets. They're just nuggets. The nugs. nugs. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily chicken. And you don't need them to be at that price. Uh, hey, hey. <laughs> it was chicken at one point. That's why, listen, y- Europeans hate on Americans because they, because we're thrifty like that. Right. Okay. American mm-hmm. cheese government cheese okay uh, it's not there's nothing wrong with this it. just a bunch of other cheeses all mixed together they were just like you got leftover cheese throw yeah. it on in here it's a hot that's dog the of american cheeses. way yeah casseroles gumbos if you got it just throw it on in chili there. yeah we're a melting pot of cheeses right. that is the that is america that is that you want to know what about. america is yeah a three-day-old wendy's cheese. chili <laughs> hey, as long I as mean, they used keeps... fresh meat and didn't use the old meat, yeah, you know what I mean. Give me it some of good. that new. I'm, How are I'm you gonna all know? on it. Chili, I want some chili. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's just straight up lifts the chili, the chili's jingle without mentioning it. I love it. That's amazing. That's yep. Do it, Wendy's. You won't. All right. Well, speaking of uh, of lifting things, we're going to be talking a little bit later about uh, the whole debacle over uh, uh, the voice acting situation with Bayonetta. Um, Of course, the original voice actors versus the new one that was tapped uh, for Bayonetta three. A lot of controversy happening. We'll kind of dive into the the dirt of that 
and uh, talk about it, it, it. And it is quite actually very, very crazy because uh, the Internet went into a tailspin there uh, defending something that really we're only getting one side of the story. I'll, I'll say that. Also, we're going to be talking about a uh, study that came out recently showing that uh, that kids that play video games are linked to better cognitive skills. So uh, once again, the age old uh, thing of a, of a bunch of gamers getting on uh, on a podcast and saying, you see, ma, yeah. see, <laughs> I, see, it did boost my sad scores, even if you don't admit <laughs> it. OK, it did. Yeah, I learned it. a little bit about engineering with Minecraft. OK, we all did a little bit. Let's be yeah. honest. I mean, yeah. that's redstone. Little... I'm looking at you. Yep. Hey, uh-huh. light switches. And uh, I mean, people, if you can program doom in Minecraft, that's all I'm saying. Okay, Doom can well, run on anything. Well, someone got it running in Minecraft. That did when a I was in it. when I was in the fifth grade, I did a uh, I made a two way light switch for a science project. That was pretty cool. Mm, nice. You know what I'm talking about? Do you see someone got Doom running in Notepad as well on like a yes. Windows ninety five? Yes. And they sure. Let's the just source glaze code. over my middle school achievements. <laughs> okay. Let's study. Let's just glaze Sorry, did you get that participation award, Bruno? Doom Sorry, do you have your participation thing. award in the background? Like, do you want a cookie? Like, I mean, come on. Like, let's. I, that, listen, I, Nick knows, because we went to the same school, who yeah. went to county fair every year? It was, yeah. I, it was your boy. Your boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, did you get the big blue ribbon? I Not did. a county. I did. I did. And I went to state one year. Whoa. What? Oh, that's. Now Went you're down trying. to the Capitol and bombed. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, man. darn it. it. I don't have a, you know what it was? It was what one was of it? these. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized that tons of other kids got their parents to help out with their projects. Because I was looking at them. I was like, there ain't no way you made an entire scale model of the of the Eastern Panhandle. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> Very good observation. I think Brad yeah. was just trying to get us back on track here no, about he gaming can't. news. He and can't. Uh, I will say, uh, Commander, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Commander Cra- uh, Crazed Caviar in chat right now is saying that, uh, that he likes the uh, the Taco Bell burrito. And I think that's appropriate because much like a burrito, we're going to wrap this up and oh, okay. uh, get into our main stories of the day. But before, oh, <laughs> before we do that, thank you, Lil John. Before we do that, of course, we got to give a big shout out to our friends over at Winner Winner Live Arcade. Guys, it's spooky season. As always, we got Halloween just around the corner. So make sure that you are getting all of the coolest Halloween swag available through the spooky collection right now on the Winner Winner Live Arcade. Get into the spooky spirit and collect all eight of the frightfully fun prizes in this limited time collection. You're going to score a free $50 Fandango gift card for the ultimate scary movie night. And here's a deal that's so good. It's just gosh darn scary. Your first win's going to be free when you download with our link. The link is in our show notes or description if you're watching on YouTube on the live as well. Use promo code DALE when recharging your tokens at pay.app.winnerwinner.com. You're going to get a sweet deal because Dale is going to hook you up with an extra 30% bonus tokens on your next purchase. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, Dale. We're going to be having a lot of fun out there, guys. I don't know. We already told the people. We're heading out to uh, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. uh, Second week in. uh, So we're going to have our regular podcast next week. And then the week after is going to be uh, the QTV live uh, podcast there from the uh, from the winner winner headquarters in Vegas. T minus yeah. two weeks, 14 yeah. days, start the countdown. Cannot wait. It is going to be ready. a whole thing. Uh, we've got uh, stuff lined up. We have our uh, QTB network. 
It's it, it really is. We've got our QTV network. Um, Not a half I mean, thing. A whole thing. The, it's the you, you get the whole enchilada. Okay, because they, there you go. Let me let me bring it back to Taco Bell terms. Because hey, you've got uh, uh, Kung Fu Penguin. Uh, you've got uh, Enzo is Mad also doing their sponsored streams while we're on premises. So we're going to be able to you know mess with them on on camera. And Bruno, I mean, if, if there's one person that's ready to go with prop comedy, it's Bruno. This was this was oh. the 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 live event that he was meant for. Let's just be honest. Yes. You better be packing some of those props. Okay. okay. I can All right. do that. They're going to love you over there. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Maybe he'll break the machine. With- maybe he won't. Uh, but yeah, thank you as always to our sponsors over at uh, at Winner Winner. Now, guys, our first story is coming from uh, Forbes.com talking about uh, Bayonetta voice act- uh, the, the original Bayonetta voice actress uh, being forced to admit that uh, there was a little bit of a tall tale that happened um, a, a few weeks prior. So I'm going to kind of take you through this story here because uh, one of the best parts about this podcast is getting the hot take from Bruno. So what, all the way back to the beginning. All the way back to the start. Tell about the story. Okay. You know, the tweet, the, this tweet it. went out and then it, it, it paused and then, uh, you know, uh, you, you hear the, oh, you're probably wondering how I got myself in this situation. Well, it goes back to about two weeks ago when um, there was a video that was put out by the original Bayonetta voice actress uh, by the name of uh, Helena Taylor. Okay, she was the uh, the cat, uh, voice Bayonetta for both the first and second entries. Of course, Bayonetta 3, very much a long time in the making, a long time in the waiting um, for people to get confirmation this game was even happening. And uh, we found out, or she made the claim, that she was only offered a total of $4,000 to reprise the role for the game. Of course, you know, over multiple recording sessions, these things never happen all at once, especially if you're in a star role for a video game. That's a lot of dialogue that you got to record. So that sounded very, very low. And in the video, she actually called for people to boycott Platinum Games, the developers, um, in order to, you know, show outrage and and you know uh show support for her as well she immediately tried to get all of these fans on her side and it worked because we only had one side of the story uh the internet just absolutely sided with her immediately saying this is outrageous how can you offer someone what is considered well below the industry standard for voice acting let alone the voice of an iconic character uh like bayonetta um this uh, this came on the uh, on the tail end of uh voice actress veteran um in the in the gaming industry jennifer hale uh, actually being announced as the the voice of Bayonetta. She has done a lot of stuff in uh, di- different games, uh, Star Wars, KOTOR, uh, Overwatch, Metal Gear Solid, the list goes on and on. She is a very reliable figure in the industry, so um, you've definitely heard her voice before. However, Jason Schreier, um, did, uh, who is a, a video game journalist, did a little bit of uh, uh, investigative journalism here and did some digging and corroborated some sources because this is what needs to happen in, in not only in the gaming industry, but in just news in general. You've got to hear multiple sides of the story yeah. and found out that she was not being truthful uh, in that she was actually uh, uh, offered $15,000 for the parts, about five grand over three recording sessions, uh, sessions which is well above the industry standard, but that she had actually countered by not only asking for more, but also asking for residuals on the sales of the game, which I don't think in the history of uh, published information about voice actors uh, in games has, has that ever, ever happened to get a, a slice of the sales rather than an upfront number for what you're sold. Mm, she yeah. then back has, is forced to backpedal and say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, initially I was offered five grand. I said no. Then they said 15. I said no. And then they said, well, we'll offer you a cameo role. You don't have to voice the whole thing, and we'll pay you 4000 for that cameo. Of course, if it's a cameo, you're probably doing a one-off recording session at most. 
So she took that information and then, you know, went out online and uh, just you immediately leveraged her fan base to create outrage before the other parties could really get their side of the story in. Now, Bruno, after hearing that, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, there, there's that saying, never meet your heroes. And mm. many times that can be true because I think a lot of people that uh, immediately sided with her uh, found themselves very burned as of today. What's your take on the on the whole situation and uh, just kind of the voice acting industry right now? Well, I will say that the pandemic and the accessibility for really good audio equipment has changed the voice acting game. I feel like in the past 10 years, we've really seen a uh, an increase in uh, what I would call you know, A-list actors doing voiceovers. And if you've got a keen ear, you can really hear them. Oftentimes they'll do it, you know, in a commercial for a show that you're watching where you can hear that voice and you're like, Hey, that's the, that's their voice. Um, so I think that, uh, A-list actors are now kind of diving into the world of voice acting because it is lucrative. It is, it is, um, easier than than uh physical acting uh i i, I would assume so right <laughs> like you yeah. know i i would i think anybody could agree that tom cruise you know uh puts a lot of effort into his roles running around man does his own stunts <laughs> he is mission so, impossible you know exactly right where yeah. you've got you know something you know versus like you know straining your voice is 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 also um harsh but you know it's in a different way right um so i think that we we really are experiencing a a, a trend in voice acting where we're seeing more popular a-list actors kind of take the role from traditional voice actors now with that being said um that's unfortunate because it you know i i've always felt like uh, I've got a face for radio or a face for voice acting where I could maybe do that one day. And, and I, I've got a very unique voice as you guys know, where I've done, I can do all different types of voices. I typically don't do, do, do them on the podcast. Right. Um, why? I don't know. It's just the opportunity really hasn't presented itself, but um, you know, I think that it, it kind of, you know, uh, takes the wind out of your sails when you see more of these A-list actors getting these roles. And, and we've seen things in the past, like Futurama, right? Where actors weren't getting paid correctly and and they needed to leverage the fan base to come back. I think yeah. this was uh, an actor trying to do that exact same thing. Let me leverage the fan base and, and ask them to boycott the same way they were going to do for Futurama, the same way they were going to do for countless other projects, maybe even Super Mario coming up with, right, with Chris Pratt yeah. as the voice instead of Charles Martinelli, which, uh, FYI, he is listed in the credits of the movie for the, uh. for the title. So, so his voice will be in there. His voice will be in there. But if you thought we were going to listen to an hour and a half of Charles, Charles Martinelli, like it's not going to happen. Like we need yeah. some A-list um, celebrity to kind of bring in, bring in the crowd, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, now that's, that's a tricky, this is a tricky road 
voice acting is a tricky road, especially when you're the established voice of something. I think that you have leverage there. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're just not getting what you want out of the, uh, out of the pricing, and you're trying to leverage something that's never been done before. I'm sorry, but the first isn't going to be Bayonetta, right, Brad? Like, I feel like the in terms of the the hierarchy of most famous voice actors to to voice a character, nobody's like, oh, we definitely need the chick from Bayonetta. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's she is easily replaceable, um, and. That is unfortunate because I feel like maybe she doesn't have as a unique voice as she, you know, she thinks she does. You know, Brad, what's your take on this? I don't know, Bruno. I feel like you kind of, it kind of covered it all. I mean, I feel like, you know, it, it's the last point you made resonates with me, right? It's understanding your leverage and what you really have and not overplaying your hand, right? You need to understand if you're truly irreplaceable or if you're not right. And, and I think to, to go out and try to set a new standard, uh, the set the high bar for what is considered pay and benefits for a voice actor when you're not, I would say in the top five or near the top 10 in terms of irreplaceable voice actors is a bit maybe overplaying your value, overplaying your hand. And so, you know, I, I just, I think, I think it's unfortunate overall for, for them, for their reputation, for the game. It's just, you know, not all publicity is good publicity. I think this is going to hurt. It hurts all everywhere, right? It, it, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't benefit anyone here. Right. So uh, what do you think, Nick? I mean, are you kind of, wh wh where do you come in on this? Yeah, she most certainly overplayed her hand, uh, Brad. You know, I, I'm looking at her IMDb right now, and there's just, there's nothing there. Um, you know, Bayonetta 1, Bayonetta 2, and she had, like, a brief, like, minor role in, uh, like, a rom-com back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, you know, when you look at, like, other other voice actors or actresses, you know, that are very much beloved, the 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 list that goes on and on, right? And I think, I think Bruno, you hit the nail on the head that, you know, th this is not a huge franchise. Now, she tried to make a very false claim of saying that, I guess, and I think this might have been where she had a misstep in that she she claimed that, oh, well, the, you know, the Bayonetta franchise right now is worth like a $450 million uh, number overall. And people are guessing that she must have gone on the, like the, the sales numbers on VG charts and then multiplied all of the games that are listed Bayonetta by $60. Um, and that's how she got that number, because that's the only way you can get there. But a lot of those games are like repeat releases. The only Bayonetta games were Bayonetta 1 and 2. Um, maybe across different platforms or re-releases, what have you, um, is where she decided that that was going to be a thing. So, you know, at, at the end of and that's not even true either, because, you know, the, the game sales, it doesn't, it, just multiplying sales times the price of the game does isn't how you determine the, yeah. the value of a franchise. Um, well, I think it's, you... It's niche. And I think yeah. you really, you kind of mentioned something that I, you know, didn't get to either, uh, but it was the um, lack of job history right? for her, I, I think it is it aids to why she did this. Why did she do this? Because obviously she's not getting residuals from that. She's seeing that this game has produced sales over an extended period of time. However, the money that she got paid to do this part was, is long gone. 
It's yeah. it's long gone, right? Like mm -hmm. it's been spent. It's you know for years now, and so she's trying to figure out a way to do what everyone wants to do, which is mm -hmm. have passive income. Yeah. How can I get um, passive income from this? How can I get residuals for this? I think that's really what it came down to was the residuals is what she was really going after. And, and yeah. you're right, Nick, there, that's, that's unheard of. It's in, it's unheard of to have residuals for something like that. Something like an ad, for example, to say, Oh, well, if you're going to keep using this ad, then we want to, you know, we want you to, um, you know, keep paying us or whatever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You, you pay for an ad, you get it and it's done. Like you use it as much as you want to use it. You know, right. it's not, we're not going to charge you again in a year and say, well, you've got to pay us again to use the ad this year. Like, you know, that, that's, we would, we wouldn't do business that way. And Correct. obviously she's not going to do business, um, you know, with lying with anybody, with yeah. anybody because nobody's mm -hmm. going to want to, to hire somebody who's lying or not only lying, but, uh, almost breaching an NDA and then, um, pitting, a fan base against you. It's like, well, what if you don't like what we do for our thing? So this is, I think a really, um, a bad look on, on her part. I think it's something that, um, is, is going to be hard to bounce back from career wise because you're right. Uh, she's a liability at this point, you know, she's time. a liability for PR. Yeah. She's a liability for a lot of things. And, you know, I know that there's there are some purists out there that that absolutely refuse to to entertain the idea of something if it doesn't contain the original actors. I know I grew up in the 90s. Yeah, how many straight the VHS uh, that was before DVD straight yeah. to DVD and VHS tapes that we saw of like, you know, Casper two. You yeah. know, Casper uh, uh, meets Wendy, and then you're like, "Hey, wait a minute! That's the that's the bad lady from the first <laughs> film. She plays the aunt in the second film. How yeah. the hell does that work?" <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right, and it can also really hurt you in the long term. You talked about her being a a, a liability now. I mean, think about like it's it's really going to limit her opportunities going forward. I think back to the MCU. You know, Terrence Howard was was war machine in the first iron man movie he was uh you know roadie in the first movie and then he was replaced by don Cheadle. thus going forward and looking about how many movies don Cheadle was in in the mcu arc of the infinity mm. war and endgame right so terrence howard kind of you know screwed the pooch early on in terms of mm. negotiations and contract oh, yeah. and all of that and right. and and at the end of the day it's like you're fighting over residuals and some passive income but you're in or you just took a huge hit to your earned income, you know, uh, for the future, right? Like yeah, getting yeah. jobs and actually sustaining performance is going to be difficult now because you've 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 kind of put a black mark on your image or your resume, what have you. Yeah, so absolutely. And, you know, I, I one thing I will say is, you know, I think a lot of people got frustrated by what happened here with this situation because when when the conversation initially happened, right, when when Helena brought this point up with her video and naturally fans and really the gaming industry in general kind of flocked to her side because it, this is she was echoing what is very much an issue right now, not only in the gaming industry, but just in the voice acting industry in general, which is uh, there's some there's some shady dealings. You know, there there is low balling happening with studios. 
it it checked out to hear, oh, yeah, absolutely, they're going to try and say, oh, well, we're going to make a third game and cut costs wherever we can. And if if our number is not good enough for you, we don't care. We're going to go get another one that will take the take the job for that. Uh, and we, uh, we had uh, Matthew Bliss here in chat. I wanted to make sure to uh, to hit this. Uh, he says, this, was, this wasn't a lie of uh, omission, but no one has argued against voice acting work or voiceover work uh, being underpaid and exploitative. It's okay to talk about Hel- uh, Helena, but we can't miss the big message that came about from this. And I think that's where people really felt burned, is that this was a huge opportunity that should have been about that conversation and initially was about the the gaming industry and the voiceover industry and how a lot of people are getting very, very poor offers or not even finding consistent work, right? You're, just like in the in Hollywood, you're seeing it go to the same people over and over again. Again, look yeah. at the extensive list of work that Jennifer Hale has already done. Great voice actress, by the way. I'm not, I'm yeah. not uh, disparaging her. Um, but, you know, there there is that issue right now where, and I think, I think, the remote work kind of uh, uh, phenomenon here that's uh, that continued to stay around. You know, one of the reasons why we're even recording a podcast remotely right now is because yep. of all the amazing software and things that popped up over the yep. last five years that make it so easy to do that, that yeah, a lot of people are working from home and there's, there's benefits from that. But I think there's also downsides where a lot of people are taken advantage of. A lot of people are offered roles um, at a, a pay level that isn't acceptable and doesn't actually work out to a living wage when you look at how long that they're they're yeah. actually doing the work for. And oh, that's, yeah. the, that, that's the big shame, is that because she was called out in this dishonesty, the conversation shifted from that and addressing that to, oh, well, you know, now, now all of these companies have this fodder of being like, oh, yeah, but she was being dishonest and she's never going to work in this industry again. I mean, do you, do you think there's, there's some merit to that perspective, Bruno? Uh, I definitely, I I think that you've definitely tarnished your reputation when you've gone off and, and stated that you've been not valued or appreciated. And and then it turns out that you were, and that the, the, you were offered several times a way to, to kind of bridge that gap. And, and this is a trend that we're seeing throughout Hollywood, right? Like, I think, we're finally getting to a point where um, uh, new Hollywood, if you were, is, is, is things like Netflix and 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 in-house productions are really changing the landscape of what an actor is worth. Because before, you know, you could pay ten million dollars just to see Holly Berry uh, topless in Swordfish. That's, That's what it. she got. She That's got t- you, yeah. a ten million extra dollar bonus just for taking her top off in in Swordfish. Well, now uh, it's almost expected of you to kind of remove an article of clothing or two if you're a woman in Hollywood to kind of get those jobs. And if you're not willing to do something like that, there is a huge line of people who are. And this is the problem with the video game industry and Hollywood uh, in general. You know, it's something that I've talked about with with uh, companies like IGN. And I, and I don't want to put them on blast um, for anything um, other than the uh, the pay scale in which they pay video editors there. Mm. I think that, you know, what IGN does is great. I think I, I love the content that they produce, but I know from working in San Francisco, um, and being a video editor in San Francisco, how much, uh, they should get paid. And I know how much they get paid at IGN and it is 
uh, much, much lower than what the standard is for this profession. And it's be simply because there is a huge line of people that want to work for IGN or want to work in the video game space. Right. So they're willing to take a, a, a pay cut to work in a field that they really want. And if, you know, you could, you could move on to the next candidate, right? So it is something that, that is, that can be exploited. You're very right. You know, Matthew is very right. It, it is yeah. a very predatory and exploitative um, field to go into. And that doesn't make it right. That's why I think there are a lot of things like screen actors guilds and, and things that kind of help uh, help mitigate that. But even that, there are ways around that, right? There are ways around those types of guilds and things um, to just simply not use them. And um, it's it, it's a very, very vast uh, network that we don't know a lot about. And, um, you know, I think that for voice actor work in general, me, you know, I, I would jump at the chance to voice something, anything in a video game, even if it was just an NPC, right? Like I would be so ecstatic oh, yeah. and to, to be paid for it on top of that yeah. would just be like the icing on, you know, top of the cake. Like it's, it's, it would be a dream come true. So for me, somebody who appreciates what they do, uh, you know, it would be something that it would, you know, that would be a life changer and I would, you know, forever remember it. Now I'm not going to, you know, sit there and be like, well, I didn't get paid enough for this opportunity or whatever. I'm now cemented in this, this piece of work forever, right? Like forever, you know, you're in this mm -hmm. game and yeah. you're just gonna kind of glaze over that. Cause you didn't get the residuals and then you went off and lied about like, it yeah. just doesn't bode well for anybody. It doesn't bode well for the future of voice actors. How can you then leverage future work? Because you could say, well, you know, if you don't like it, we'll just, you know, hire somebody else. And, mm -hmm. you know, we'll say that, you know, you didn't like what we offered and we couldn't offer you what you were demanding. So yeah. we'll uh, hire Brad. He'll do it for, yeah. uh, for, uh, you know, a box of wheat checks and he'll do it uh, for pints. Yeah. And a pint. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter words have not been said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, overall, <laughs> it, it, it's a great conversation to have because, yeah, I think, you know, you have to you have to call out the the problems where they are, but you also have to allow for the bigger conversation to happen, even if uh, the recent developments tend to derail it. I also think it's, it's also a great lesson in cautionary uh, journalism. Think about how many people jumped to be the first to write that story about about her side only and everybody knows like in in the gaming industry anywhere any it is just journalism in general which is a dying art we know that um oh. you got to get you got to get both sides of the story uh, i think back to like when uh when the gta leaks were happening at first right um about the uh the, the person that got a hold of the source code for for grand theft auto online and i mean there, there were new J news agencies that were running wild with the speculation about what does this mean for gta we certainly had that conversation as well uh, but as time went on and we saw, OK, this isn't quite the uh, the doomsday scenario that we thought it was going to be, uh, it's it's important to wait. But we we live right now in an era where clickbait sells. And uh, if you're not the first person to publish that article with that, you know, that salacious headline, 
then uh, you aren't getting uh, you aren't getting clicks on your website. IGN isn't getting that uh, yeah. that money to underpay their uh, their video editors, right? Otherwise, <laughs> exactly. it's a, it's a vicious cycle. And uh, hey, Matthew, once again, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was just say, say Matthew also point yeah uh, pointing out that uh, Rooster Teeth is a great example of uh, uh, that kind of exploitation, right? And there has been a lot of controversy coming out with uh, Rooster Teeth over the last week. That that's its own that's its own episode, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, yeah, go ahead, uh, Brad. No, I was say you know what isn't clickbait? What's Our that? Patreon. Oh my gosh, not at all. Thank you so much, Brad. Yes, patreoncom build. As always, I want to say a big thank you to our QTB and Fuego supporters, Epic Capture Productions, Matt.Bat, and Alexa, and our QTB Plus supporters. I'm talking about Nick Nick, The Dudist Monk, Indie Gamiacs, Alan Abadessa, Mr. Grove Games, The Intergalactic Pinecone, Fluffy Bunny, and Kawaii Potato. Hey out there in internet land or wherever you're watching, viewing, I don't know. If you want to support QTB, one of the best ways to do it is our Patreon. A, a tier start as low as $2 per month. They give you access to our pre-pre-show, our video pre-show. Look at Bruno just rocking the solo right now. I didn't even know you could play the piano. What's that even hooked up to? What a legend. Anyway, uh, you get access to our QTB Nostalgia Vault, our extended uh, podcasts, a lot of bonus content talking about uh, the games, movies, snacks of yesteryear. We just go into rose-colored glasses mode. Again, thank you so much. Patreon.com slash quit the build and get that exclusive merch that you can't get anywhere else. What a solo, Bruno. I mean, I, I didn't even know you had the talent, man. I knew you I knew I you do. did the drums. I know you do the EDM every now and then. But look at I mean, look at that thing. Oh, here it is. Do 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 She get a do 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 She get a do 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 Oh boy, here we go. You know, what if, what if we started, Brad? Every now and then, every now and then I have to actually have a I have a keyboard to, to, to you I know. I love it. Uh you to you know, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh speaking of keyboards, mice and controllers and everything in between, this next story is it's kind of a feel-good story, honestly, and that's always a good thing uh when we're we're talking about video game news. It's easy to cover the negative. Um, but of course, here at Quit the Build, we're all about the positive. We're about positivity in gaming, Woo! and uh, I think this is a great uh, story to have uh, in your in your quiver. Whenever someone tries to say that video games are a waste of time, you say, "Hang on, if USA Today covered it, it must be news." This story yes. saying that there is a study that was done recently um, that uh, shows that uh, the children that play video games. Uh, this was uh, conducted by uh, JAMA Network Open. That kids who play video games for three or more hours per day perform better on impulse control and on memory tests than children who do not play games. This uh, this uh, study analyzed the brain scans of more than 2,000 school-age participants um, in an ongoing study that they're doing right now, one of the largest long-term studies of brain development and child health in the country. So a very well-funded and a very uh, prestigious study that's happening right now and uh, is really trying to find those associations between uh, gaming and what happens to the brain of of people who game. You know, back in the in the eighties, nineties, and even earlier, you know, you would have thought that uh, the "this is your brain on drugs" thing would have applied oh, yeah. to an arcade machine. Uh, even though they tried to say winners don't use drugs, hello, they were trying to tell you, okay. But nonetheless, there were still the naysayers, and you know, I, I think Bruno, the uh, the thing about this is, is that. We tend to, even in 2022, we still get the studies, and I don't know how these things get funded, of trying to link uh, kids who play like violent video games 
with negative uh, outcomes. Like, oh, you know, there's a there's a, a, a leading a link between uh, kids that play GTA and kids that that perform violent acts, you know, outside of the game. Um, but it's always so baseless. It's, it, it falls apart. Generally, it's clickbait. Whereas this very much respected study is showing a very simple but a very profound effect. Not a surprise, though, right? No, not at all. And, you know, you could make the same argument for people that drink milk, right? You know, that that people who drink milk are more likely to, um, you know, kill someone else than people who don't drink milk. Um, I, I think you could make that argument with uh, every video game, um, <laughs> you know, especially when you've got, you know, I, I think like the most played video game of all time, you know, yeah. one of the most sold video games of all time. Like, how can you say that that'd be like saying, you know, everybody who's seen the Netflix logo is, is there's a correlation between people who have, you know, you can like find anything, anything if you want to. Exactly. Yeah. It's that broad. It's that broad. Like anybody who's played a video game has probably played grand theft auto. And that's a very, very, you know, interesting thing that continues to crop up, especially around election time. And I think that it's great that this study came out now as we approach uh, the elections in the United States, because that tends to be a lot of people's platform violence in video games. Oh, we're going to remove, you know, put put more of a restriction on on violent video games and that kind of that kind of thing. Um, it. It, I think that that's the only thing that these people ever look at. You right? They're only looking yeah. at the violent video games, the super violent ones that are created to get a rise out of you. The right. ones that are clearly, um, you know, released on Steam as a way to generate some type of negative PR that drives you to buy the game. Mm -hmm. But people overlook the fact that. Playing video games in general allows you to uh, increase your cognitive ability through things like decision making. Right. You know, not just regular. We're not just talking about like, oh, yeah, you're smarter. We're talking about the ability to choose more wisely and faster than a normal person does simply by the use of quick time events. Yeah. Right. Like, and I know we all hate them as gamers because they seem so trivial to us. And it's like, oh, this is, but to somebody who doesn't play video games and has never played a video game, that quick time event. And what I'm talking about, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking a quick time event is, is basically anytime your, a, a cut scene shows up and you have to, you know, hit the X button really fast and then hit the Y button to dodge and then hit the A button to jump and, you know, all these different, you know, uh, button combinations that you might have to press during a, a, a cut scene or event is called a quick time event. Those have been linked to a better decision making, just problem solving in general. You know, if you can get through, um, you know, play through Pokemon or play through Legend of Zelda and, and mm -hmm. play some of the puzzles within those games. Like when you start to dive deep into video games, you realize that it's more than just a shooter, right? Yeah. Like that's what constantly gets, you know, blasted in front of everybody um, is, is a shooter. Oh, it doesn't take any, you know, it doesn't take any skill to do this. It doesn't take any skill to play Madden. I got news for you. 
I cannot play Madden, okay? It's a lot of There's a guy on Barstool Sports who, like, can't play Madden, and, and they just keep trying to teach him how to play Madden, and he sucks at it, like me. Like, I suck at Madden. It's the one game that I'm like, not my game. No. Not well, fun for me. Like, not fun for anyone around me. Sports games in general, Bruno, we've tried a few that just, it's, 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 just like <laughs> racing games are not my forte uh sports games are not yours and that's what we can no, appreciate definitely is, not definitely you know, not so. yeah yeah but, but, i mean but, i missed again, the days of nba jam where you know it was a simple but a stick but and a button got, <laughs> stick and a button <laughs> right like that's what i want i want the boom shakalaka i want this i want yeah. the how about i give you a little boom shakalaka <laughs> give it to him there we go oh man a little hype behind your sports games you know but brad i i think about how you know all of us now all three of us here at uh, at qtb we're all we're all gamer dads right and so i think we've all uh well i mean you and i brad have uh, uh kind of had uh kids at, at an age now where they've had a chance to really play these types of games and uh in their own ways right of course my kid has the tablet and he has the little games on there there's one thing I noticed, which was that uh, uh, my son got way better at uh, memory games when he found one of those simple just match, you know, memory match games, you know, turn everything over, find the pairs. And once he got good at that, like he actually over time figured out, you know, how to do that, how to retain that information um, short term. I mean, what, what, what have your findings been? Has, uh, has your son been working with similar games in any capacity? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's several games that, he constructs like they break apart like a truck or a garbage truck or a, a construction truck. And then you have to pull and put the pieces back together to construct it. And then it, once it's finished, you can interact with it. And we have a few toys that are physical toys where you do the same thing, where you can use a little screwdriver, take the wheels off, kind of pull it in the pieces. And I've seen his ability to be successful on the digital platform transcend in the physical world of like i understand that a wheel goes here and i need to twist a screwdriver to attach the wheel and all of the above so you know to me you know to me this article too really is a big thing about mental health right we, we we've seen numerous studies come out of you guys have both alluded to about trying to link video games to certain behavioral or mental health problems and mm. i think we've acknowledged that this is a positive there's also positive impacts and this is an article saying hey there's some cognitive benefits to kids who play video games in the right scope right and i think we've started to see that obviously bruno did a great job of saying hey it's just not about shooter games there's so many you know quick decision um instances that you have to take or strategy we talk about a lot of games we play now it's not about what you're doing it's how you're approaching it thinking about what you're going to do next you're two steps ahead three steps ahead What's the plan? How do you work together as a team? How often in the in, in, in adult world do you have to work with other people? Games now today yeah. are a great example of where you have to work with other people and strategize to win as a team. You can't be a solo star. You have to learn to be a team player. I mean, we're just now diving back into Overwatch 2 and we're seeing how going oh, yeah. from 6 to 5 and only having 5 players your team build and your strategy is becoming even more important about who you have on the field and how you're moving collectively as a team. If you try to run out there on your own, you're going to die and you're going to fail. And so what I, <laughs> I see a lot of life lessons in video games as well, it just has to be in the right lens. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, I think this is yep. a really positive, um, you know, like Bruno said, it's, it's, it's good to highlight the positive sometimes, especially when a lot of the time we see, and, you know, uh, articles that are really in to, to try to knock 
knock the value of video games as being just kind of a mind suck, you know, and 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 kind of yeah. where people passively like absorb content but don't actively like do anything. Uh, I, mm. I think this is one of several, you know, now studies that are showing that there that's quite not necessarily true. Well, and you know, uh, Matthew uh, in the in the comment section has a really great point. Again, he he mentioned Guitar Hero players versus uh, or guitar guitar players versus Guitar Hero players. Sure. And you know, I being a musician as well, you know, Nick as well. Rhythm games are something that you know we're, we were instantly drawn to just for our love of music. But I think someone for like me who has is really big hands and you know playing guitar was always interesting to me, but not quite easy because of the nimbleness that you have to have with your your fingers. Uh, guitar Hero for me was awesome because I got to dumb it down a little bit and you know yeah. have you know uh, practice my rhythm ability as a drummer because Mm -hmm. i'm mainly a drummer so my rhythm capability improved because of 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 guitar hero Mm -hmm. um and it it, i think it definitely opened the door to a, a generation of gamers who decided to actually play a real guitar yeah you know and then games like rocksmith came along where you've got you can actually hook up a real guitar to you know, your, your console and play along these real songs and learn guitar for real. I think that there are tons of benefits, you know, Epic Capture Productions, he said, uh, Tetris is used as a treatment for PTSD and they even use call of duty for that as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's something that helps desensitize soldiers when coming back from war to be able to associate that, those sounds that they heard unfortunately um in the midst of battle to something more associated with a video game and it takes that 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 connection away from them and then rewires it to something surrounded by video games there are tons and tons of benefits um that we could go on uh you know for that but i think the main thing to to take away from something like this is if if you are a parent and you are afraid of uh, video games or afraid of uh, of that, you know, that sea of content, right? Don't be. There, there, are, there are things like the ESRB rating system that will help guide your decision on whether or not this is something you think might be appropriate for your child. Um, you know, and I know a lot of gamers are probably going to laugh at that, but you know, if that's something that you're worried about as a parent, that's something that, you know, though that's what it's for, right? Mm-hmm. It was created so you have a better understanding of what type of content is in this game. And I think at the end of the day, uh, it's it's important to remember that not all video games are shooters and that, you know, you, games like Minecraft being the number one game of, uh, yeah. of for many years mm-hmm. – it's obvious that you don't have to include shooting to create something that people are willing to pray or play. Excuse me. uh, Minecraft is the most chill game out there. It is. And (laughs) it's raising. I dive in just for the, uh, just for the soundtrack. Just a vibe, right? (laughs) It's raising a whole new generation of, uh, of STEM, uh, STEM students. Yeah. It really is. And I think it gets down to at the end of the day, what I would wrap up with is that it's, it, it, we got to remember for parents, it, everything in moderation, right? Obviously, 
You can't saturate and be in front of a TV screen for playing video games for nine, 10 hours a day, right? But like everything in moderation can bring value and expand your mind and your skill set, right? Just as playing outside helps with your physical development, playing video games or getting learning, like, you know, computer programming is going to be an essential part of our future in humanity, right? So kids, if they can be exposed to working on computers, understanding basic programming language, and understanding how to use that to benefit not only just like, their interests, but also like eventually one day in their job, being able to program and make our processes more efficient as a human race, all of that plays into your development, right? So it, things in moderation can be very positive and, and beneficial. When you take them out of moderation and abuse them, that's when you start to see the problems and that's when you start to th- see things go in a different light. So, you know, I, I, I think integrating video games, as we've just highlighted numerous examples, there's ways that it can really benefit kids and their development, whether it's for, you know, um, you know teamwork or, or cognitive skills and, and brain activity. I think this is just a, you know, something. it's a, you know, reducing the impact of the cautionary tale that we've had on video games, I would say in the last 20 years. Yeah. Good points. I'll tell you uh, uh, one place uh, where someone does understand a programming language and that's whoever the heck designed our website, quitthebuild.com, right? That's a thing. <laughs> Thank you, Bruno. Let me tell him about it all on the website. Again, quitthebuild.com. Make sure to stop by today because we've got your blog articles. We've got your merch. Go get some swag. The holidays are coming up. Get that Christmas sweater in time this year, folks. People were saying, Nick, it's a, there's a big delay on the on the swag. I said, well, you should, you should get it in July. July is past, but the opportunity is still there. Again, check out all the amazing merch that is there. And make sure you go over to our Discord. At the bottom of the page, the link to join our Discord uh, on the homepage. I think on most of the pages, you can scroll to the bottom and join our Discord community. We've got tons of amazing people there. It's a great way to keep up with the live streams and the network content from our amazing QTV network. And again, go to our network page. Check out our amazing QTV network creators making podcasts, making live streams, all sorts of amazing content for you. Hope you give it a chance, guys, because the QTV network, all of our content creators have that high standard of not only quality programming, but also uh, family-friendly and just high, very entertaining stuff. You know, we got funny people. We got entertaining people. We want you to be part of the team. So stop on by quitthebuild.com. Today. Whoa! Man! Now I'm a So jazz. So jazz. <laughs> <Woo>. Yeah! <laughs> 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 Just go through all of them. I don't Ten know. Ten piece little John every time. Yeah. And that is great. All right. Well, Bruno, you wanna you wanna get us out of here? Well, yeah, I guess we should probably should we I should pick something for the kids. To listen to on I mean, the way out. I guess you can. On the, yeah. On the. I got it. Wait for it. Oh, we found it. Hold on. I got it. You're gonna be like. Soundboard. You're gonna be like. You what? <laughs> oh no! Don't get us copyright strict. Here it comes. Big money. Oh. For Nick and Brad. I'm Bruno. To the moon for Brad and Bruno. I am Nick. From Bruno and Nick, I'm Brad. What it do? Oh, it, it stopped. Quit the bill.